Welcome to a guide culture podcast series called Loy Lessons. I'm here, Macy McNeely, with my dad, Loy Day. Hello, everyone. And Loy Lessons, if you've been around for a while, you know they are not new. In fact, this is where a lot of everything about guide culture kind of began. At the beginning of my business journey, I was learning so much from Loy, learning how to sell, learning how to be credible, how to be liked and trusted, and and really learning these unwavering truths, these principles that were overflowing into Instagram and were really giving me a lot of traction. And he was giving me so much valuable information that all I could do, all I knew to do was to share him with the world. And we kind of got in this habit of every Thursday, he would share something called a Loy lesson on Instagram stories. Do you remember that, Loy? I do. Now, what happened though, I was not trying to share a Loy lesson. Right. You forced me I to did. do a Loy lesson. I put the phone in his face and I said, share some yeah. good, valuable yeah. content. It would start out where Macy would be talking with her audience on an Instagram story and she would just put the phone in my face and say, say something, Loy. Then eventually she would say, give us a lesson, Loy. And then eventually every Thursday we would have an an official Loy lesson. And during that time, remember, we also did some live Instagram stories for probably close to a year. Every morning is like our morning show yeah. because we were trying to build the guide culture name and Mm -hmm. get things going. So the Loy lessons did develop from that. Mm -hmm. And now we're going to continue them further into a podcast series. So many of you loved the Loy lessons, and we are so excited to just bring that series back in podcast form. So here is how it works. Every Wednesday and Friday on the Guide Culture Podcast, there will be a two-part series, a two-part message from Loy. And then on Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, there's going to be a clubhouse room called the School of Sales. And this is where he's going to kind of have a part three uh, on Clubhouse, but even better, this is where discussion and coaching actually happens. His name is Coach Loy Day on his social media because that is his gift is to coach. And he's he spends most of his time coaching inside of guide culture and especially with our guide culture coaches. So for him to be able to come and coach on Clubhouse is just so awesome and just honestly, it's it's priceless. So put that on your calendar, 10 a.m. Eastern time for Clubhouse. And the best way to get to the Clubhouse room is just to go to Clubhouse and search School of Sales, but also on the guide culture Instagram, we actually link the room right before it goes live. So you can just swipe up on those Instagram stories and it'll take you right to the clubhouse room. Hope you enjoyed this series and we will see you in the school of sales room. A few things that I've learned over the years is that you always need to be creating the revenue. You always need to be creating an investment for the future. You have to keep continue to do that because you know, all businesses are made up of of basically five components. You have marketing and you have sales, which are two different things. Marketing is find a way to find people to talk to or eyes to look at you or to keep it moving, keep the the pot stirred. And sales is the conversations or getting things closed. Then you have the operations, which some of you may be doing that. Operations is your program. It's like, how do you deliver your program? How do you create your program? How do you handle the the uh, customer service around your program then you have administrative duties you have to keep up with the hr and and all the banking and things like that and then you have leadership 
So there's three things that are always happening. You're always having marketing and leading and selling are always happening. So now with me, if you go back to when I started the business, I was very much with my back against the wall. So I had to do all these things with precision and with focus. And the way I focused was was investing in the business early so that I could free myself up to go out and sell and market and have someone back at home base to, to keep up with some of the admin and some of the operations and things like that. <clears throat> and what I discovered was whenever me, myself, is spending more time in servicing or operations than in selling and marketing, then it was time to hire somebody to take some of that off of me. The, the, the marketing and selling is, is very critical. And if you get bogged down in the operations or the administrative part of it, then you're not going to be able to go out and do the other. So investing in a way that you can free yourself up is, is important, I feel like. And the way, one way to do that is you have to be very careful on how you spend money. On a personal level, you're, you're living at almost nothing. At least we were. Uh, we lived very tightly. You didn't take any vacations. I remember one time Linda started looking in the newspaper for a car. She wanted a car. I was like, no, no, not a car. Because cars are dead expenses. That's not an investment. There's a difference between an expense and an investment. And things like that were an expense, we tried to stay away from it. And if I saw it as an investment, investing in the business, hiring people, I saw that as an investment, but a dead expense can eat you alive. So you have to decide, do you want lifestyle now or do you want lifestyle later? And so I was investing like that in the business and hiring people and trying to grow. And I noticed that I was, the more I spent, the more I was on top of the charts as far as the other ages, the, you know, at the end of the month, I was looking good. After a few years of that, I realized that in order for me to bring some money home, I had to quit worrying about being on top of the chart. And so I did. I made a conscious effort to try not make the, the major clubs every year, but to bring a little bit of money home. But this is about five years after the fact, three or four or five years after I got into it. <clears throat> and then it took about five years to really show a profit. So it was heavily invested up front in a lot of light, uh, living on the personal side in order to get things over the hump. That's what it takes to get a business going. It takes a lot of front loading. I was talking to the um, <clears throat> another person that was at a bigger scale doing business, and I was saying, okay, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? I was actually talking to the, the bookkeeper, the, the accountant person, and he said it's just, it's a, and he was telling me all the things they were doing, but he said the revenue are not, is not coming in yet to support that. He said it's front-end loading. We're front-end loading in anticipation of the revenue to follow from this investment. So the investment will eventually return, but it's the time horizon of that return. And so that's that's kind of how that works. Then I got to a point at some point where I thought, you know, I do have a lot going on. I'm spending, 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 investing. Got money coming in, money going out. I'm not sure what's happening here, but I've got it rolling and and then I said, you know, you better start building some wealth. If you don't do something, you'll you'll be at the end of this thing in 30 years and have nothing to show for it. So that's when I decided at some point in time to set something aside. And more usually it was like either paying off debt or putting money in a place where I have available cash, but it has some decent return. Just kind of had to play the game a little bit. And a lot of time it was 
maybe paying off debt or something, some short-term debt I had. But it was putting money somewhere every month so that I had something to show. And I feel like that's that's how you start building wealth. You you invest heavily in, in an opportunity that's working. You know, the the, the four-to-one ratio, you invest heavy early. And then at some point in time, you start setting some money aside into the right place. And those right places change. like It kind of comes to you. Because I remember at one time after I'd been doing this, maybe... Uh, 2001, about 11 years, now about 13 years is when I bought the building. I, I was coming up, I was about a year or two out on my lease. And I said, yeah, I should really should look at buying something rather than lease again when the end of this lease is up. And that was a move to, instead of trying, instead of continuing to hire people to put something in something besides just the business. So I've got an extra thing going and it came to me. The building came to me. It worked out. I mean, I didn't force it real hard. I was looking at it. I was kicking the tires. I had this realtor that I knew, and he was looking. And and when he showed me this, I said, that's good, but it's too big. I can't really handle that. He said, everybody says that. And then he said, can you come up with a down payment for this? And I looked around, and i have been just like, you know, focused pretty hard. And I said, no, actually, I can. I can come up with this down payment. And so that's what allowed that to happen. And is it just kind of came to me, but that was the first step into something else besides just in the business. It was a, but as an ancillary of the business because I could pay myself the rent. I was paying rent anyway once I got it going. And the thing is, when you get into a mortgage like that, is once you get the down payment made, it's much less expensive than spending money on the rent. It's what I found out. But it's just things like that. As time goes, you kind of see what's the next thing, what's the next thing. But all along, you continue to invest in the business, maybe at different levels, but you continue to promote your marketing and your sales. You continue to free yourself up to do what you need to be doing by bringing the right people in to help you. And this very same thing came into play with Macy. For example, when she started her business, she said, Come partner with me. Now, that's a different way of doing it. If you say, well, I don't have all the resources, but I would take on a partner here. And basically, Macy's whole team is like her partner, really. She's really good at at doing that with people. At the end of the day, I said, okay, yeah, I'll partner with you. I'll help you do this. I do have some of the content. I know some things about this. And she was working really, really hard. And I knew she was. I saw her grinding and she was giving it all she had. I could tell. And I know that at some point in time, if you don't free yourself up, you will burn out. You just can't continue to do it. This one person reached out to her and said, hey, I see what you're doing. I'm following you on social media. I'm a social media expert. I love this social media stuff. I want to help you. And Macy came to me and said, what do you think? And immediately I said, yes, hire her. Let's hire her because it's time to free you up. we got to free you up to do more things. It didn't take but a second for me to realize that. And also, Macy came and said, I've got this one training I feel like I need to take. It was like $1,000 or something at that time. And uh, it was early on, and, and I knew that she needed this kind of thing. I knew she needed training, she needed resources, she needed to go out and do these things. And I supported that. Yes, go do this training. Go hire this person. Because the whole thing is to build herself and, and to... Um, and to free herself up, but she had done the sweat equity. She had done so much work to get to that point where she was ready to bring someone in. And then when we lost that person, 
It was like, man, we've got to start finding somebody else. We need this position filled. And it wasn't long we had two or three or four positions filled because these people made sense that Freed Mason do what she was good at. And it was proper investments to, to do this. And then she's also investing like her and her team. They, they, they invest in marketing. They invest, they buy ads. They look at different different containers to go do things. They've tried webinars. They do it different ways. They try to flow with what's working. But it's a trial and error. We'll try this and try this and run with this and cut these off. But it's a continuous trial and error. But it's always marketing, selling, leading. Marketing, selling, leading. Then have someone doing the, the operations and the admin. And if you can get your team built up so you can go out and do what you do well, and then you do that well, then you'll market and sell enough to cover the cost. And that's where your investment is. It goes from sweat equity to an investment. And then you focus in and build that investment because that's the best risk reward you can get is betting on yourself. Bet on yourself to go out and do it because uh, you can control yourself. And I know like our team, we're, our team is totally in on this because we're in on the game of like we're focusing as a business would operate. There's a lot of vested interest in there. And because it takes all these people to to run the team and, and we need everybody with the same <clears throat> mentality of an entrepreneur. So there's four things here that we're going to end up with. One is create revenue. The second one is create wealth. The third one is create imagination. And the fourth is create perspectives. We're going to talk about revenue, wealth, imagination, and perspective. So remember, revenue is these things, your marketing, your sales, your operations. You've got to run the business, create the revenue, and, and find a way to be incentivized to, to build revenue with everywhere you're working, have opportunities. And, and part of the way to do this is become an action expert at what it is that you do. The more expert you can become, the more specialized you can be and, and stay in on point and on focus and really passionate about it, the better chance you're going to have that you're going to run trial and error. Remember the four to one ratio. You get about one winner out of four out of three losers. So one to four is going to be the ratio typically. Uh, but it's that focused effort and it's something that you really love doing. And who knows how long it's going to take. Learn from others who have been down the path. I, I know I did. I know people within the guide culture and academy were learning from each other all the time. And in the beginning... You have to live, be willing to live personally off of nothing if you want to get yourself up and running. You can't enjoy lifestyle and invest in your business at the same time. And and that's why I love having your back against the wall where you have to focus so much on growing the business that you don't even have time to think about personal expenses or personal pleasure. There's just too much focused over here. But if you're trying to do both, you're going to be fairly average at both of them. Uh, but I really believe in, in doing whatever it takes to get yourself up and ahead of the game, get ahead of the game on interest rates, on where you can invest, some available cash, you know, get yourself doing things that you can do, get ahead of the game. But that takes some personal sacrifice to go do that. Another way you create revenue is invest in yourself, bet on yourself. You can control your business, but you can control any stock that you invest in or anybody else if you can Bet on yourself. That's your biggest and biggest opportunity for return and the lowest risk because you're controlling the risk. And then you invest in your business. Your business is your future. Uh, and and be it with a team that 
that sees this and supports this kind of living that everybody's uh feels a part of what they're doing there and and everybody remember everybody's in sales everybody's in lead generation it doesn't matter what position you are in a company you got to be thinking are we generating leads are we generating sales what are we doing as a group and what can i do in operations to make this so great that everybody wants to talk about us and all that so you're thinking about generating revenue the whole time now as far as wealth the way you create wealth is you live small it's not how much you make it's how much you keep it's how much you spend in relative to what you make so creating wealth is really personally living small so that you can create something bigger uh, but if you were if you're trying to live a great lifestyle with nice cars and nice vacations and great clothes and if you're trying to do all that, you're going to spend all your money. You're not able. That's an expense versus an investment. I always think of things. Is this a debt expense or is this an investment? And and generosity is powerful. Anytime we can give money away or be generous with people, that is a powerful, powerful thing. And you want to win the interest rate game. That's why I, I don't like the stock market. Did you know that if you, if you made 100% on the stock market, let's say you had $100, Say you had a hundred dollars in the stock market, and you lost fifty in the stock market lost fifty percent. Then then it made fifty percent the next day. How much money would you have? You'd have seven fifty because you'd have a thousand down to five hundred. If it makes fifty, you back to seven fifty. So swings in the stock market, the losses are hard to recover from. That's why I don't like that. I don't like having to recover from having to make double the money, double the return to recover from a loss. That's why I like index contracts. I like index life policies and index annuities because we can get out of the fixed environment of a of a regular product and we get away from the fluctuations, the volatility of a stock market. We can get in the middle of those and get some decent return without losing the money. So the interest rate game in general is an important game to be on the right side of that situation. That's how you create wealth. Uh, imagination. <clears throat> Uh, I was going to told you I was going to tell you a trip that I took that changed a lot of things. It was a trip that changed my imagination. Remember, I have said, how much is one good idea worth? How much is one new concept worth? How much is one imagination worth? And what I was doing, I was floating along. I kind of had the boys, my son-in-laws, in on the insurance business, which they're taking it over. And I was kind of in no man's land. I kind of run the insurance. They were doing well. I needed to stay out of their way. And at the same time, I needed to figure out what was next for me. And I knew I had some of this content that we're teaching in guide culture. I knew we had, I had it. I knew that was a major thing that, that had worked for me. And I knew it worked for anybody and everybody. That's why I kept trying to get the kids and Macy to, to learn this material. But anyway, so I started putting together some of that material just a little bit, just playing with it, putting together my spreadsheets and trying to organize it and figure out what do I have here and I talked to this one person who had found me, and I, I figured out pretty quickly that the one thing he was missing was the sales concepts of this whole thing, which I think a lot of people do because I believe that's the, the number one thing is learning to know the sales concepts. But anyway, I was listening to the podcast, and I went out to a train. I went to, uh, it was a, the Ziegler training, the Legacy Certified Trainer. I went out to it. It's an expensive one. It's I don't know, very expensive, $7,500, I don't know, expensive. But I said, I feel something's pulling me to go do this. I don't even know why. Something is just pulling me. 
I even went to my wife. I said, something's telling me to do this. Please tell me this is crazy. Don't go do it. And she said, you need to go do that. And so I did. And I was in no man's land. I didn't know where I was going into, but this was not me. I had no idea what it was. It was coaching and training and development. And I hadn't even thought about it, honestly. And after I got there, I realized what it was. I said, oh, so that's what this is. And then I realized that I was not prepared for that. And I kind of sunk and I did really bad. I felt like I was embarrassed. I felt unprepared for what I was into. So I came back and said, I'm going to do some Toastmasters. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to learn how to speak better. I know I still have a long way to go, but I got some reps at it anyway. And that's when I pulled Mace. I said, Mace, you need to come do this. You've got some skills. You've got some talents. You've got some personality things that are really good, really that you can do things here. I can see what you can do. But you need to learn this. You need to prepare because one day you're going to need these skills. And so I got her to do it. And 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 I was right because there for a while she just did it. And then eventually she started using those skills. And then eventually she came. She said, Let's, will you partner with me? Let's teach this. And that's where it all came together. But there's one idea from that one conference that gave me the imagination to go try something else which brought Macy in, then we both got the imagination and we saw the vision and we did it. But it was from one idea that created one imagination of one conference that I went to, one of many, and each one of these gave me something. But this was the most recent one, but it's it's an idea of how one idea, one new imagination, one new creation can change everything if you have the juice to go with it. And that's what you're learning. You're building yourself. You're growing yourself. You're studying. You're getting into scripture. You're studying your trade. You're, you're taking guide culture. You're, you're coming to academy. You're coming to the in-person training. You're creating opportunities for this imagination to generate. And that's why this in-person training that's coming up in January is so, is so worth it. You just don't know what's going to come out of that. But sometimes you just have to place yourself there to give it a chance. And the, the last thing here is perspective. Let's talk about perspective. I know that when I was starting out, it was tight. And I was, you know, going for it, making the investment, taking a chance on all this. I'd borrow and pay it back, borrow and pay it back. That was a use of debt that I was using. But every time I went and paid that off, I would just say a prayer like, thank you, Lord, for paying this off this month. Because every month I didn't know. And every month that I was able to, I was just so thankful. So I think God's grace and recognizing his grace and his glory and all this is the, is very important. Because once we think we're doing it ourselves, I think we're in, in trouble. At least I know I'm in trouble. I know I can't do this myself. I don't really have the skills. But I can be, I can get strength there to do some things. And I've always, I like the back against the wall because I always felt in fear of being behind because I was always from an employed family. Then we became self-employed. When I became self-employed, I was always in fear of the alligators catching me and eating me alive. And so I would play with my back up against the wall at all times, just trying to stay ahead, make sure I stay ahead of the bills. And by doing this, I was very careful in what I spent and tried to make sure there's more there because when money comes in, there's so much of it that you think is yours, it's not. You've got to pay taxes, maintenance, you got to reinvest, you got to pay the people around you. 
There's so much that's really not your money. By the time you get what's left for you, it's maybe half at best at what came in. So if you see a hundred dollars come in, you probably don't have but maybe 40 that you can actually spend. The rest of it's going somewhere. So you have to realize that or else you get behind on things that's due that you didn't realize that was due. Um, and something else I always live by when I find free money, free money means I got a, ta- I got a tax refund. I got an escrow refund. I got a gift or maybe a credit card. We return something. We got a credit and got some money back. Anytime I find free money, money just lands in my hand that I didn't expect to be there. I make a conscious effort to go put it somewhere. I do not spend that money. I go put it somewhere, a savings account. I pay off a debt with it. I put it somewhere that's not a spendable account. That's just a concept that I have is is keep investing the money. Don't just go spend the money when you see money. And that's how you eventually end up with a <clears throat> with some kind of a wealth thing. So that's those are my perspectives around money is to, to remember those things and to keep it all in perspective and be just be careful all along the way. And invest where it's important in yourself, in your business, in your imagination, and um, and things like that. So you guys have a great time, and we'll talk to you on the clubhouse.